It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Kennedy. I'm Sean Duffy. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Elisa Brady. Decades into the war on drugs, there are new risks and tragedies. This ecstasy you think you bought on the internet, it's not. It's not ecstasy. It, it's not, you know, the drug you think it is. It's fentanyl. It's poison. We speak with Fox's Geraldo Rivera. I'm Dave Anthony. It's down to four weeks now till Election Day. There was this narrative over the summer uh, that Democrats had all this momentum. And then you see as the calendar switched to fall, it started to shift back a bit. And now I, I would say that the Senate map is legitimately a jump ball. And I'm Will Kane, and I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. It's not unusual to hear safety advice in the weeks leading up to Halloween, but this year there's a different kind of warning. Fake pills laced with fentanyl are beginning to look like candy in an effort to lure young Americans. West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito is one of 13 Republican senators warning parents in a new public service announcement about the dangers of rainbow fentanyl, which has been found in a growing number of states. They're not suggesting anyone would hand it out as candy, instead saying they want to bring awareness about the danger of a drug made to look like candy or sidewalk chalk. This is President Biden calls attention to a different drug. As I said when I ran for president, No one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. Recently announcing pardons for people with federal convictions for simple possession of marijuana, calling on governors to do the same for state offenses, and noting that pot is now legal in many states. He's also ordering a review of how marijuana is classified under federal law. So would this be considered a turning point in the war on drugs, or are the drugs winning? This is a turning point. Much belated. Geraldo Rivera, Fox News correspondent at large and co-host of The Five, is hosting the new series, The Doping of America, with Geraldo. Fentanyl will make the crack epidemic look like the good old days. It's streaming now on Fox Nation. I was on the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Law in the mid-1970s. It was the consensus that after the hippie generation, we were moving in the direction of legalization of marijuana. Uh, Ultimately, we did, but it took decades for it to happen. Untold misery has been uh, inflicted on on people who were doing what everybody else was doing. How many uh, people went to jail because they had half a joint in their suitcase that they forgot was packed from the trip from the Bahamas? Uh, You know, stuff like that. It's just really, I, I applaud it. I also think, and this is a kind of a reflection on my own special, when I talk about how much of my career has been spent chasing the dragon, first heroin and then cocaine and then crack, and then now you get to fentanyl, this is so horrifyingly important that you worry that people aren't so lulled by talking about the war on drugs and this and that for so long, and now you get to a situation now where young people are dying of of being poisoned by fentanyl. What is the origin of the war on drugs? For anyone who doesn't remember, how did this really begin? Well, in 1971, 
we were at war literally in Vietnam. It was the war was uh, not winding down, but it had been so unpopular. It was clear that there was uh, not light at the end of the tunnel, but that we were going to quit. We were going to lose that war and move on. But using the metaphors of the time, President Nixon said this is something the American people can understand. Drugs are the enemy or an enemy. And we have to fight a war to win against drugs. So we started the war on drugs. It was easy for people to understand and easy to appropriate money to fight a war. That was something people could understand. So it's not like mushy, mushy uh, rehab, uh, get people off treatment and so forth. This was a war. This was using the cops. Uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration was created. Uh, the FBI and other agencies focused on drugs and drug dealing, and we fought a war. We spent a trillion dollars on the longest war in American history, and we come now to today with fentanyl, and the just as we knew in Afghanistan, there was no way to win it. I've come to the conclusion that this is Afghanistan, and there's no way to win this war either. But what is the answer then? I mean, obviously, you can't just legalize all illicit drugs. I mean, things are different now with marijuana, sure. But what's the answer? If, if we can't win the war on drugs, we, we change the playing field? Well, that's an excellent, excellent point. And I wish I, I used to think that I wanted to be the Edward R. Morrow of drugs, uh, you know, to be the person who reported on every new high, chased every lead, went from Thailand to Afghanistan. And I could just tell you, as a battle-scarred veteran who was as zealous and as cheerleadery as anyone could be about fighting and winning this war, we've lost this war. You, you want to spend another trillion dollars? Is that the way we're going to do it? On the other hand, you have 109,000 people that overdosed from fentanyl last year. So I think that what you have to have now is really a kind of a public education blitz. You're not going to stop it, but you've got to tell your kid that this is different than my day. This ecstasy you think you bought on the Internet, it's not. It's not ecstasy. It, it's not, you know, the drug you think it is. It's fentanyl. It's poison. And if you think of it as poison rather than as a drug, I think that you get closer to it. But I do believe the only thing that will work is to just a all-out blitz, a, a multi-billion dollar campaign that says fentanyl is not a drug. Fentanyl is poison. Fentanyl will kill you. It killed Prince. It killed a whole bunch of other people because they had the arrogance to believe that if it says Xanax on it, it's Xanax and I can take it and I'll be fine and I take it and I die, it's different. Why are the traffickers lacing things with fentanyl? Because it's it doesn't seem to do them any good as a business model if their customers are dying. <laughs> That's a great, great point. It lowers the cost of production to almost zero. So instead of having to get coca leaves from Colombia and then grind them, and then mix in the powder, and then the transport to get cocaine. All you have to do is get fentanyl and talcum powder, grind it up, and say it's cocaine. And, you know, maybe nine times out of ten, it'll get high. You say, whoa, that's different. Or, you know, I, oh, that, that got me a whack. I cleared my nose. And then the tenth time, your nose blows up and you die. You know, it's, uh, uh, I, I think that there is a wickedness about fentanyl distribution. 
for for example, in 2016, I was covering New England for the presidential election. And it was all those little towns in Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Vermont, all those little towns were targeted by the cartels or whomsoever because they were like virgin territory. They were using naively whatever they had been using forever. Now you could go move into those markets, those mid and small size markets, and hit them with fentanyl. They have no knowledge of it, no experience with it. You know, give it a try, it's cheap. At worst, you get addicted. A lot of people do. If you live, you get, become an addict or you'll die. And, and what, happened, what has happened alarmingly is the body count. Mm-hmm. Now you have an amazingly, profoundly destructive wave of massive casualties to this new drug. This is new. and I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that my kids are a little older now that they didn't they weren't 14, 15, 16 years old uh, at the time. You know, now because it's it's so, so yeah. bad. Somebody hands you a pill at school and you decide to experiment and that could, that's that then you're dead. I mean, it's, it's just dead. happening. Um, obviously, the traffickers, the cartels. They've evolved. Any point in the distribution network probably uses maybe somewhat different tactics than they did decades ago. How much has law enforcement also evolved? That's a good question. Great question. I was in El Chapo's tunnel. I went down for Hannity when uh, that was revealed. And when you see how the cartel dug a tunnel a mile long under a railroad track, under hills and dales to get not only under the prison, but under the, the toilet in El Chapo's cell, the one place there wasn't a surveillance camera 24-7. So that's how good they are. They could dig a tunnel a mile long, be so precise as you get it right into the cell of the, of the leader of the cartel. When you have that kind of resources, when you have that kind of expertise, that kind of motivation, that kind of competence... It is extremely difficult to stop it. That's why I really do believe that then this old story now, you know, I love uh, how Fox is covering uh, undocumented uh, immigration. And, you know, I'm glad that we're there with the drones and everything. Here's the people coming across and and people in their minds at home equate that mass migration with the drug situation. But as with El Chapo, no fence is going to stop these cartels. No wall, no Coast Guard, no drones, no aircraft. They're going to get in. You've got to just let the kids know, just say, no, this is poison. This is different. Please listen, if not to me, then to someone else, because you're going to get killed. Well, and to your point, they're seizing thousands and thousands and thousands of fentanyl pills, it seems like, every day all across the country, state and local police as well. And But there's always more. Um, how much does politics get in the way? Because I feel like over the history of the war on drugs, there have always been political oh, yeah. overtones. There's no doubt about it. Politics have, have played a role for sure. And that's unfortunate because... This is now across all wavelengths. This is not in the ghetto. This is in the basement of your parents' home. It's, you know, it's, it's so 
pervasive and, and so powerful. And I, I, even as I, as I speak to you and I, I say, people must think I'm like crazy out there. They must think that I'm, I'm a, a zealot. I've been around the, the block a few times. I've seen people overdose and that, how disgusting that is uh, in, in the days of, uh, of heroin. But you had a realistic chance of survival and, and disease became the biggest danger, particularly when AIDS became a, a factor. But this is, uh, this is so different. It's like nuclear weapons compared to conventional weapons. I mean, if you use that analogy, or like germ warfare, it's so cataclysmic in its impact, so pervasive in its availability, that I think, you, what, you know, they have John Kerry's the climate czar. I don't know what your politics are about climate and all the rest of it. But we need someone, we need, almost like you need, you need a fentanyl Czar. You have to have someone widely believed who has bipartisan appeal and no axe to grind leading the charge to communicate the fact, particularly to your teenagers, that this is different, that the world has changed. Well, people can find out a lot more, not just about fentanyl, but other drugs, too, and the war on drugs um, with your Fox Nation series, The Doping of America with Geraldo, streaming now on Fox Nation. Geraldo Rivera, always a pleasure. Yes, Thank same, you. same to you. News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. This is Will Kane with your Fox News commentary coming up. The midterm elections are now just four weeks away. If you want to stop the destruction of our country and save the American dream, our good old American dream, and we were talking about it a lot just two years ago, then you have to vote Republican up and down the line. Former President Trump rallied there in Arizona and in Nevada over the weekend. Many of the candidates he backed won primaries and are on November ballots. President Biden calls them MAGA extremists. We'll take the country backwards. Republicans take control of the Congress. These historic victories we just won for the American people are going to be taken away. Every kitchen table cost is going to go up, not down. But with inflation dragging down Biden approval ratings, some Democrats don't want the president campaigning with them this fall. Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin tells NBC's Meet the Press. We need a new generation. We need new blood, period, across the Democratic Party, in the House, the Senate, and the White House. Now, some Americans have already cast ballots 28 days out. Early voting is underway this week in more than a dozen states. You can start to feel it, too. It's when the weather starts to get a little bit colder, the days start to get a little bit shorter. Everything in these political races takes on a new heightened sense of impact. Colin Reed is a Republican strategist. You're starting to see debates that are getting watched and scrutinized and moments that are coming out of there. New ad buys that are shifting the conversation. And it's October, so there's usually room for an October surprise. We've already had two 
in, in the first week alone that have could have major ramifications, uh, not only in the Senate landscape, but also just the broader national uh, political implications. All right. Now let's get into where we stand in your opinion. We'll get to some of those races that you were referring to in a moment. But when we look at the control of Congress, Republicans have been confident for a while that they will win back the House. Things seem to get tighter over the summer. Where do you think we are there? Yeah, it's always been a bit of a foregone conclusion that the House would would easily uh, flip to Republican control. It's a narrative that's been set from the beginning, and not just because of the, the historical nature of what happens to a, a first-term president at the midterm elections and also President Biden's approval ratings, but, but more so just the incredibly narrow margins that exist in the House. If you look back in history to President Obama in 2010 or President Trump in 2018, both of those presidents had similar, if not slightly higher approval ratings than where the current president's at, and they suffered just massive across-the-board losses. Now, I don't think we'll see that this time, just because the margins, as I say, are already fairly tight. But given where Biden sits in terms of his approval rating at 43%, depending on which poll you look at, that's the real clear politics average last time I checked, uh, it, it seems pretty likely that, that the Republicans will get the four to five seats they need to recapture the House majority, although never say never, uh, and, and pride always comes before the fall for those who start measuring the drapes too early. But I would say if you're if you're a betting person, betting on a Republican majority in the House of Representatives in January, it's a pretty safe bet. Democrats, as they try to keep control of a 50-50 Senate since they have the tie-breaking vote with Vice President Harris, they have focused a lot on former President Trump, who was very involved in getting some Republican Senate candidates nominated, like Blake Masters in Arizona or J.D. Vance in Ohio or Dr. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Those races, Democrats are confident. They've led in the polls in the Fetterman race a lot of the way and also in Arizona with Mark Kelly. How successful do you think Democrats have been running against former President Trump as opposed to necessarily the candidate themselves? Well, the Senate map was always going to be a tougher nut to crack for the Republicans for a couple of different reasons. One, the states that Republicans are are running in uh, are challenging states. These are not slam dunk, deep red states. It was always going to be a tough map. And two, some of the candidates that the parties have, not, the Republican Party has nominated, uh, have struggled to round the bend a bit into the general election. And third, these Democratic candidates, they have very flawed voting records. Uh, they stand lockstep with President Biden most of the way, but they're very good at raising money. They're very good at generating left of center uh, national donors to their cause. The other thing I'd say to that is there was this narrative over the summer that Democrats had all this momentum. And then you see as the calendar switched to fall, it started to shift back a bit. And now I, I would say that the, the Senate map is legitimately a jump ball. It's a 50-50 Senate right now, and it's very difficult to predict uh, how these races are going to break in these ensuing four weeks. Now to one of those October surprises, a report that Herschel Walker, a pro-life Republican trying to unseat Democratic Georgia Senator Raphael Warnock, paid a girlfriend to have an abortion in the past, and she provided what she claims helps document it. Walker tells Fox and Friends... It's sort of like everyone is anonymous or everyone is leaking and they want you to confess to something you have no clue about, but it just shows how desperate they are right now. They see me as a big threat. Many Republicans have come to his defense. Congressman Don Bacon tells NBC's Meet the Press he still supports Walker. I sure do. More for the policy positions he's going to take. Senator Warnock is one of the most liberal, progressive folks. He wants abortion on demand until birth. 
Only one in five voters support that. What's Colin Reed's take as a GOP strategist? I think everyone always knew there were potential questions in his background and past that could come to light. And the fact that it came to light in October is probably no surprise or no coincidence. Uh, but I would say this, the, the Georgia Senate race should not be close for uh, the Republican Party. Uh, Raphael Warnock, Senator Warnock, votes 96 percent of the time for Joe Biden in a state that's a center right state that until 2020 had not elected a Republican Senate president uh, in, in a generation. And uh, we should be winning this thing going away. And the fact that it still is a close race speaks to the the, the overall uh, red lean of the state. And uh, I, I still think there's that it's going to stay a close race just based on the, the sheer political forces at play here. But abortion, Democrats have seized on that issue after the Supreme Court ruling, obviously. And it's been seen that Republicans have, some, have been on the defense on this one. Democrats constantly saying that the Supreme Court took women's rights away. And then you have a pro-life candidate who has this story about his own past. So that makes it more difficult, does it not? It does. And that's why this is such an unhelpful narrative for, for Herschel Walker. Uh, no campaign is perfect. No candidate is without uh, its struggles. And how you respond uh, when the chips are down is what separates winners from losers. And uh, the, I guess the good news for Herschel Walker is he's got four weeks to, to turn it around, uh, right the ship, and make the make this a referendum not on his own record or his own past, but on Senator Warnock's voting record, and uh, let people in Georgia know that if they like the way things are going in this country, they should be voting for Senator Warnock. If they don't, time to take a chance on an outsider or someone not from politics. So, my my suspicion is this race will stay close down the stretch, uh, and there will remain a lot of inordinate attention on it. Certainly inflation will be an issue for the next four weeks. It has been all through this campaign. But as we get closer and closer, I mean, that's really a big focus for Republicans, is it not? Sure is. And the second October surprise that I was alluding to earlier was President Biden just face plants on the world stage last week uh, regarding the OPEC plus announcement and what's going to happen as a result in terms of gas prices in this country, which were already sky high, which are now headed in the wrong direction. Uh, the president liked to talk about over the summer how he brought gas prices down. Well, by that same logic, his own actions now are going to drive prices higher. And this idea that we would just beg places like Venezuela or Saudi Arabia or Iran to produce more energy supply or put our hands entirely in the fate of a conglomerate of uh, a group of countries in OPEC that don't really want us to do well, one of which those members, by the way, is Russia, who's committing unseen atrocities right now in Ukraine. It's it's just disgraceful. And it didn't have to be this way. But President Biden from day one has wanted to have has, has pushed this reckless and risky and ill-advised uh, transition to green energy. And as part of that has just so curtailed American domestic supply that we find ourselves relying on other countries uh, for our energy needs. It's really, really sad. Republicans are also making the border a big issue amid a record surge of illegal immigration. But Vice President Harris went to Texas over the weekend and did not mention it. She focused on abortion. Truly a health care crisis. Again, saying women's rights are at stake. It is about freedom. It is about liberty. Um, it is about justice. So as Democrats keep hitting that issue hard, can Republicans get voters to care about the border in areas far away from it? 
Well, every state's a border state because every state is paying the price for the consequences of a, of a wide open southern border. And this attention, this issue got attention by the, the actions of Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott to, to move some of these migrants around. And you saw the hypocrisy of mayors like Mariel Bowser here in D.C. or Eric Adams in, in New York City who were saying, well, wait a minute, we're not equipped to handle uh, this kind of this kind of surge of, of people. We're not Texas. And that was entirely the point. So, but I think the bigger issue here is that you've got uh, President Biden deputized Vice President Harris to be the border czar, and she was on national TV a few weeks ago saying that the border was secure. That's just something that's demonstrably false, and people understand that. And I think the only thing worse than pretending an issue isn't real is suggesting that it's not an issue at all. And that's the that's the tone deaf nature that that many Americans are hearing from this administration. And that's why this has such, become such a problem. And look, you see things like fentanyl, uh, all these horrible stories about fentanyl overdoses in this country. Uh, it, it's all interconnected to this, to this southern border and this inability to control who comes in and out of our country. With four weeks to go, I've seen stories that some of these candidates seen as weak don't get the funding anymore as much as the other candidates as we get closer to the actual elections and the early voting and all that coming up here. How does that happen and can can races be lost that were potentially winnable if that does happen well look both parties are are looking at a chessboard and are moving their pieces around in the ways that they think will best get them to what they want which is uh 51 senators and and a majority in the united states senate and everyone's looking through their own lens ultimately a lot of this outside money uh it it gets headlines but it it can't trump candidate quality it can't trump what the what the actual campaigns are doing in terms of resources so i'm not suggesting that 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 financial resources don't matter they do but ultimately down the stretch especially these airwaves get really crowded there's a lot of noise there's ads everywhere most voters kind of take a minute down the stretch to, to figure out uh to sort this out for themselves and they can see through the the, the fancy ads and take a time to assess their candidate and, and where they are on the issues and ultimately for republican candidates to do well uh they need to make the next four weeks about the economic pocketbook issues that are impacting every from the gas pumps to the grocery stores and offer a positive vision forward that's a break from the status quo. The right track, wrong track in this country is not in a good spot right now. And all you need to be able to do is just protect a change from that. And you should have a pretty good shot uh, with the wind at your back. Colin Reed, Republican strategist, a former campaign manager for Scott Brown in New Hampshire's Senate race years ago. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Will Kane. What's on your mind? Hey, it's Will Kane from the Will Kane podcast. The misinformation... The manipulation from the COVID regime is crumbling across the globe and beginning to crumble right here at home, starting in Florida. But like a wounded animal cornered, the COVID regime will scratch their way out with the only claw, the only tool they have at their disposal. Silence. Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Ladapo 
This past weekend published a study wherein he suggested and recommended to Floridians that boys, that people, 18 to 40, not receive the COVID vaccine. The study does a risk-reward analysis on the potential cardiac problems of a COVID vaccine, the rising rate of myocarditis. This, of course, shouldn't come as any surprise. The COVID vaccine has been failing at the governmental level across the world. Denmark has recommended people under the age of 50 they should not get the COVID vaccine, and for under 30 will not make it available. The UK will not make it available for children, I believe, age 5 to 11. Australia has even recommended against the COVID vaccine unless you are in a high-risk category. Norway, the same. But you'd be forgiven if you didn't know any of this. You'd still be forgiven if you thought it's foreboding to indulge in a risk-reward analysis when it comes to the COVID vaccine, because it is here in America. The Florida Surgeon General's recommendation was struck from Twitter, silenced, censored, disappeared for a time. And of course, some Twitter employee, maybe some resident somewhere at Harvard, somehow published that this is misinformation, it's unfounded, it doesn't meet their criteria, which begs the question, what does meet your criteria? We know, we know, only one conclusion, get the jab. No risk-reward analysis, no individual health decisions. Blinders to the rest of the world, ignoring Denmark, Norway, the UK, Australia, and now Florida. There's something about silence that just doesn't work as a form of manipulation. If you want more news that actually you can use and you won't get in other places, check out the Will Cain podcast right here at Fox News Podcast. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.